shapes your children is what you are doing. What you are saying is of secondary nature. And what I mean by that, if what you are saying does not line up with what you are doing, what you are doing is primary. It wins. Welcome back to In Session with Jared and Clay. I'm Dr. Jared Cox, and today we're going to be following up on our last session when we talked about don't be afraid. Well, what happens when we say this to our kids? You know, our kids have been going through this crazy time just like the rest of us, and if it's bad advice to say don't be afraid to adults, should we be saying this to our kids? So today we're going to be asking questions like, why do we tell our kids don't be afraid? What does that mean to them? What happens when we say that? Are we missing something? And when I asked Clay about it, his first response caught me off guard. Take a listen. I'm going to suggest, at least for you to consider, that if your kids are scared, it scares you. Therefore, you're trying to find a method, an idea, a way to talk to your children where they're not afraid. If my kids are afraid, it scares me. I feel threatened. I feel vulnerable. Exposed. I wonder how many other people feel like that. I do know that when things seem out of our control, which right now is COVID-19, but it could be anything else that we more commonly live with. When my kids are afraid of those things, I want to shield them from it. And it seems like the only thing I can do is tell my kids to not be afraid or don't worry about it. If it's wrong to say those things, I'm stuck. Those are not wrong things to say. It's just, it's just a little more complex than that. And the problem is, is that what children will do when you say, well, don't worry or don't be scared, you know, they, they tend to internalize and interpret that as they're doing something wrong. If you tell them to not do something, they internalize that as they're doing something wrong. And so as a real sneaky thing, here they're feeling this emotion. And in an attempt to help them, we are actually producing, you know, a shame message that tells them that what they're feeling is wrong. And again, that's that's where some of these problematic issues are born. They germinate there and for a very long time and manifest, you know, later on. What a person feels is neither right nor wrong. It's neither good nor bad. It's neither positive nor negative. Our response to what we feel or our actions in relation to what we feel can absolutely be positive or negative, right or wrong. But the emotion itself is simply something that all humans share. What they feel is what they feel. Correct. And, and it is not the parent's place to tell them not to feel a certain way. I think it's a big mistake. Big mistake. For parents to try to control the emotion of their children. Actions have consequences. Should be dealt with and, and controlled, if you will. But emotions, people have to be free to feel. And you'll also find that when people are free to feel, they basically have an easier time self-regulating. 
when people are free to feel their actions are better? Is that Generally, what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Generally. Yes. And they, you know, they have the capacity to self-regulate. It's when that emotion, and we're not free to feel, it's when it builds to a level that's intolerable. That's when we really have a trouble with uh, self-regulating. So what do you suggest? What is the more appropriate, non-controlling way to lead our kids through this and in a way that gives them the freedom to feel? So in a way, when we talk about this, we want to create the climate where it's okay to be scared and to not be scared at the same time. We have to talk about what we feel a lot more than we do. We have to normalize these kinds of emotions, create space to be scared at one level about what we're talking about, but not overly scared. We're not in a panic. It's not, you know, it's not an either or situation where you are scared or you are not scared. No, we are scared and we are not scared at the very same time. And these are important ideas to be able to hold together instead of separating. COVID-19 gives us this kind of context. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. I'm not really sure exactly what's going to happen or how long this is going to last. And you know what? That's just, that's scary. That's just a little bit scary. But at the same time, I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to pass. I think we're going to, we're going to make it. And so I'm not, I'm not scared that this is ultimately going to wipe everything that we know to be true out. I'm not scared about that. But I am scared about a few of these other smaller things that show up with the uncertainty. How long will we be out of school? I don't know. How long will I, my work be affected? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little bit scared about that. I mean, if that's honest. Well, what if we don't know we're scared? Right now, there's a lot of emotions surrounding COVID-19. I mean... There's certainly sadness for all the people who have lost loved ones. And, and there's anger at how this happened, too, at how it's being handled, the economic impact of it. And there are some people who are afraid, and they'll admit they're afraid. But there are other people who I don't know if they even know they're afraid. At times, I have said that myself. And when you mix it with all the other emotions that we have going on, I'm I'm not sure we always realize it. What you say is is a poignant aspect of what we're talking about. If you don't even identify the fact that you're a little bit scared of this uncertainty, what are you going to say? And so I'm offering you the idea that underneath that threshold of awareness, there's still emotion. And it's circulating uh, there within you, whether you identify it or not. Maybe it comes out somewhere else, some other kind of manifestation. Okay, so in those times when I don't recognize what I feel and I don't really know what to say other than don't be afraid, what do my kids see? What do they take away from that? What they see is their dad is telling them to not be 
scared. And he doesn't look scared. And that's uh, of some comfort to them. But it also leaves them with the reality that they can't help but being scared and they don't know what to do with it. And now they experience it as if it's something wrong, that there's something wrong with them. Wow, that's not the message that we want to send. we got to be careful right there. What we need to be careful of is trying to shape our children in a different manner than what we are participating in. And that's where it really gets a little bit tricky. A lot of parents are trying to control or create or shape their children into something that they are not actually doing. What shapes your children is what you are doing. What you are saying is of secondary nature. It's not unimportant, but it's very secondary. And what I mean by that, if what you are saying does not line up with what you are doing, what you are doing is primary. It wins. What you are saying will have very little value. It is only when what you are saying lines up directly with what you are doing that both can can have equal influence. I'm trying to think about whether or not that's the case for me right now. On one hand, I would be saying, you know, everything's okay. And on the other hand, they still, they know that it is, it's heavy on my mind. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, watching they, the news all the time, Yeah, they, which the is question, not characteristic of me. Yeah, the question for them, if they would honestly answer is, you know, hey, guys, is your dad worried or scared about this? What would they say? I don't know. They might say no because they would already be influenced by the fact that, well, no, we need to say no because to be scared, you know, is weak and to be scared is wrong. And I'm not going to say that about my dad. And so, no, he's not scared about it. But really, I'm talking about honestly, as they're watching you, do they see, you know, that you're worried about it? And again, it's we're not talking about how you're experiencing this situation as being right or wrong. What are they seeing and what are you saying? If they are seeing you worry and be a little bit scared about it, but then they are hearing you to say, don't be afraid, there's the incongruence. And that's when the messages start getting uh, you know, a little bit complicated for them. So one of the things that you said last time that I picked up on is that relationship building is accepting, feeling, and sharing. Yes. Put that in as practical terms as you can right here. What does it mean to accept the way my children feel? Well, emotionally, when you're, we're talking about that, is whatever they are feeling, they are feeling. We can accept that. We can learn to accept that what I am feeling okay, is legitimate and real. Now, too many times people get a misconnection that they try to control what they feel in order to regulate their actions. Actions have to be regulated after feelings. You don't choose your feelings in order to control your actions. You accept your feelings and then control your actions. You have the ability to choose what you do. Unfortunately, there's been many, many people who indicate 
that you can choose what you feel. And that's really very inaccurate. You can only choose to respond to what you feel. So when I talk about acceptance, it is at that very base level that you must accept what you are feeling. Spend very little time with trying to figure out why you are feeling that. You just must accept that you are feeling it. That's what we're talking about with acceptance. So if your child is feeling scared, then accept that they are feeling scared. Instead of trying to talk them out or rationalize that feeling away, let's just accept, then feel it. What is it to feel scared? Where does it sit in the body? What does it do with the body? When I'm feeling scared, how do I know that I'm feeling scared? So once we accept that it is, then we can actually feel it as opposed to avoiding it. And then the culmination of that process then is to share it. And when you share something, the load lessens. It is a way by which we lower the intensity of the emotion simply by sharing. If I share with you that I'm scared, I become a little less scared. It's held together. That's relationship. If I share with you that I'm scared, but it's rejected, then the emotion increases. It intensifies. Emotional processing is one of our biggest challenges in Western civilization, no doubt about it. So we're taking some really big bites, you know, as we're trying to talk about this idea about how do we share being scared about the coronavirus with their children because it it sits upon processes, you know, that have to be in place. How do we talk about anything, you know, that scares us or that's uncertain? So you're very much accurate. If you do not have the ability within yourself to accept, feel, and share, it's going to be quite difficult, isn't it? You know, the last thing I would want to do would be to shame anyone, and especially my children. But I, I, I think that what I would feel or think is that when my kids are afraid, I kind of take that as judgment against myself to say, I must not have done a very good job as your dad teaching you that this is going to be okay. Yeah. And so now we've circled back around to the fact that when your kids are scared, how does it make you feel? And that really may be the issue at hand with parents as they interact with their children. So a lot of things to talk about, a lot of paths to to go down. But in terms of the coronavirus, talk to your kids, share with them the level of uncertainty, along with an assurance that everything is you know, going to be okay. And that way we can hold this emotion together and not separate it apart, try to act one way or the other. So we started this show out asking a question about how to talk to kids and how to say something different than don't be afraid. But we finished with the idea that we first have to connect to ourselves. You know, the end of that session was a little bit tough for me, and I think you can hear it in my voice as I begin to more appropriately appreciate that my awareness of my feelings was likely impacting my parenting. That's humbling. 
When we have emotions, we make facial expressions, and sometimes our heart will beat a little faster, and maybe we have a hard time sitting still. There are all kinds of ways that emotions are expressed through our bodies, but the question is, are we listening? Are we aware that those signals are telling us how we feel? Or are we even aware that those signals are telling us that we are experiencing emotion? And when we interact with our kids, are we paying attention to how emotions sit with them? Are we teaching them how to recognize the presence of these emotions within themselves? Because these are important. They're important for our kids to grow into adults that have healthy relationships with themselves and with others and with God, which is sometimes the most difficult relationship for people to have at all. For me, recognizing and sorting out my feelings, my emotions in the moment, that's a struggle. And it continues to be a struggle. But I'm making progress. And maybe this will help you too. What I do is I give myself about 15 minutes at breakfast when the house is quiet, and I think about yesterday, just one moment, first one that comes to mind. And I ask myself, what was I feeling in that moment, and what signals was I getting from my body? I remember a time yesterday when I sat down and I realized that my calves were feeling really tight. When I feel pressure, I sit in my office chair with my feet up on my toes rather than having my feet flat on the floor. So whenever I feel that, I know that I need to start paying attention. And I'm sitting here at breakfast doing it again. So I recognize that I'm still carrying that pressure, whatever it was. I'm still carrying it. But the question I now ask myself is, how's that feeling going to come out today? How is it going to affect my interactions with my kids? How is it going to affect my interactions with my wife, with my coworkers? And I'm not trying to overcome it, and I'm not trying to dismiss it. I just accept that this is what I feel today, right now. And being aware of that and accepting of that, now I can consider how it could impact everything else that happens today. And as Clay suggests, through our conversations... If I can share that with someone, and in this case my kids, then we're set up for a good day today. I hope that helps. We're certainly thankful that you joined us today. We hope you liked your session. And if you want to come back next time, hit like, subscribe, so you stay connected with us. And check us out on InSessionPodcast.com. If you want, you can leave a comment there and let us know what you'd like to hear about in future episodes, and we'll try to get them on the air for you. Until we see you again, embrace fear, build courage, and we'll see you next time on In Session with Jared and Clay.